Hello, Jay here. If I could ask, could you give us a little five-star rate in Apple Podcasts? Go on, please. It won't take long. You can just do it now. That'd be lovely. And share the podcast. Tell your friends. Appreciate it. And on today's show, we're talking to top chef and all-round top geezer, Tony Wrigley, executive chef from Sala Phuket. English Tony came to live in Phuket four years ago. His journey here took him from a council estate in Manchester, Marbella, Bangkok, and finally arriving in Phuket, and finally arriving here to be executive chef of Sala Phuket. Tony is a really top bloke, great guy, a great chef, and now a great dad. We like Tony, he's a proper geezer, and a fantastic chef. Mmm, food. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast. It occurs to me. <laughs> yes, thank you. This is the Premier League title contenders sitting around the table. We never got too used to part and taking your Chelsea then. Yes. We started off with a tribalistic. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There we go. <laughs> You're not going to introduce the guest or outside. Well, that's your job. It's your podcast. Okay. I'm just here for shits and giggles. Hi, Tony. Hi, mate. How are you doing? I'm good. Tony, I don't know your surname. Wrigley, the, Wrigley. Wrigley. the chewing gum guy. No oh. relation. Spelt with Sadly. a W or the R? With a W. With a W. Yeah. Tony Wrigley from the UK, I'm assuming. Yeah, from Manchester originally. Okay. Long time away, but... When did you... Uh, sorry, do you want to talk the... Do you want to do the football now? Because sure. Manchester... Yes. So I'm assuming supports a Manchester club. I do. The blue one. Okay, the blue one. Chelsea. Yep. Essex, close enough, yep. I feel. Now, let's talk about you, Russell. Bournemouth. Liverpool. Liverpool. It's obvious. There's a connection there. I'll tell you why later. Yeah. Is that for the podcast extra? No. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> um, when did you get to Phuket? It's my second time here. So the first time I came in 2007. Um, and then I, I jumped around Thailand quite a bit, but I came back um, four years ago. So I was working for, I do work for, uh, the Salah Hospitality Group. So we've got a number of hotels. Um, so I was, I was based in Bangkok. Uh, for six years and I looked after our boutique collection uh, so I was regional executive chef for boutique and then six years there was only so much damage that I could do to my body living in Bangkok so <laughs> the opportunity came up to move back down here so um, initially I, was, I wasn't overly um, keen on the idea because I've lived in the south before and it kind of ended not so well I'll say that but it wasn't anything to do with the, the people here they're lovely you know but um, I came down had a look at it six months no I, excuse me I popped down a few times um, just to see kind of how life was and and I uh, scooped around the island and, and kind of case places out to live and and it's a whole different island than when I kind of left uh, the first time so it was a fairly easy decision and then three or four months like it took me to bed in um, but after that, it's fine. Love living there, you know, and it's a much, um, much better group of people living there. You know, you, the people that you meet now. It was very transient before. Yeah. But I think I think now people are a lot settled because of the the environment that we're living in. You know, look just straight behind. us, have got Boat Avenue there, and 
and it, there's just different things here and it's a lot more comfortable for expats living here as it was before it has it's certainly when i've been here 16 years it has certainly developed and changed sure. an awful lot in that yeah. time and I, I i do get your point about certainly i'd say in the last five or so the other seems to have this more settled feel about mm. the people that I mean, yeah, it is a transient place in a lot of respective ways but there's more of a settled hub here mm. people moving from the likes of singapore hong kong to be based here mm. rather than traveling down here and yeah. so forth things like that which is which is nice oh that's a podcast all sorted then thank you very much it's been great to <laughs> <laughs> when you sorry it was 2007 when you first came to uh to live here yeah yeah had you traveled here before that then yeah yeah a few times yeah okay. but not Phuket, not too many i've probably done thailand maybe a dozen times <clears throat> okay well let's track right back to born and grew up in manchester yeah whereabouts um the levenshu area so it's a I, i'm irish catholic mum's uh irish seven kids big family quite a rough area uh single parents so she had it she had it kind of she was dealt with like a, a, a tough, a tough hand for you yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah the, I was kind of the one of the better ones, to be honest. Really? Four boys. <laughs> Jesus, that's, that explains a lot. <laughs> that's really Four worrying. boys. Yeah. Um, I kept my promises and I told her that I was going to follow her career and stay out of jail. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all the rest of it. You did one of them anyway. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, Can no, I, uh, tell me. Now, now you're, you're a chef. Yeah. When was it that you got the, the buzz or kind of the light bulb moment to say, yeah, I want to be a chef? probably was thinking about his question on the way down and I mean I'm one of seven kids <clears throat> my little sister would have been one at the time so she was born when I was 10 so I think I cooked my first Sunday roast when I was 11 years old yeah. and because my mum was quite ill when I was growing up she had a uh, celiac disease it's a gluten oh, allergy yeah. one of the the first in the UK actually so she was really sick with it um, so there was a lot of times when we had to take over the kind of cooking and running of the house if you like and so we cooked for the family um, and I, we kind of, she's shown us what to do before anyway. But it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't the most elaborate Sunday roast, but it was like chicken, a few veds, a couple of potatoes and gravy stuffing. But I did it when I was 11 years old. And then I, I, I found a bit of a love for it. And it wasn't, I mean, my first, my first career choice would have been fireman, but I couldn't swim. Um, so the careers officer. Hold on. Hold f- hang on, yeah, Russell. We'll just just explain that one. So you <laughs> want to be a fireman, but you can't swim. <clears throat> so is it, you, you worried yeah. about the hose hitting you? Or the, I mean, if you, if you're going Coast down the... Coast Guard, I could understand. <laughs> yeah, but, but they, yeah. there was probably so, an awful like, lot to do. So they, they set, the careers officer at school said, follow the path of it. I mean, it was probably 45, 55, 40, 55 being a fireman, 45 being a chef, which career path I wanted to go. I, I guess, sorry, can I ask your age? Sure. How old are you? How old? 49. 49. Okay, so I'm, yeah, it's a similar. So at that time, the fire department, you had to, there were certain criteria. I think that I'm pretty sure. Yeah, there really so, was. Because yeah. I remember, because I wanted to be a fireman as well. And the criteria was really, <laughs> I'm scared of heights. That's why I didn't do it. <laughs> Luckily, I'm, I can I'm swim though, so I'm all right. <laughs> um, I wanted to be a swimming coach. I failed at that as well. Couldn't swim. Um, but there was, nowadays I think you can get there's, there's ways around mm. when you can't do stuff but back then it was very regimental mm. of what you can do so you couldn't swim was that a, just because you never went swimming or? no there was I mean <clears throat> we were I mean the, the house in the state that we grew up on there was do you remember when we used to have swimming days at school so I think we went a couple of times a month but for all the kids there, um, there was probably a, a, like a, the middle class at the school and kind of the kids from the house in the states they didn't really pay too much 
give two hoots about us. So we were kind of left in the end playing and the kids were taught to swim at the other end of the pool. Right. So I was never taught, to be honest. And my mum didn't have enough money to send us to swimming lessons. It wasn't a necessary thing. Kind of learnt when I got older, 18, 19, going on lads' holidays to wherever. And then I'm not a bad swimmer, but I'm not, I'm, I'm absolutely, I've no qualms that I didn't, I'm not a fireman. Look at their career I've had, you know. Yeah. I'm living in one of the most beautiful parts of the world. And I've lived in some of the most beautiful parts of the world. Fireman, being a fireman wouldn't have taken me there. So, no. my mum and me, she was always, I'm not going to say pushing me, encouraging me down the down the chef route. And I started working in restaurants when I was like 14. Well, that's okay. So let's, let's touch yeah. that. So at 14 was your first restaurant experience. Yeah. And yeah. what were you doing there? A I was there, I mean, look, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, basically. So I went in, a, uh, there was a gentleman's club in Manchester. Um, pretty cool one. A uh, nice rest, two couple of nice restaurants. Where it was like the, there was a, a, a crime gang in the in the 60s, 70s called the Quality Street Gang. It was kind of where they used to hang out. But very, very nice, nice people. Very interesting environment. Yeah, um, yeah it was. Um, so I was working there, and then basically I was washing dishes. One day a guy didn't turn up. I got to do his section, and from there it kind of went from there. And then I was like, right, I don't want to be a fireman anymore, you know. So I pushed it. I uh, went to college. I didn't want to go up for it. I did want to go, and then it got to it. I was like smoking weed and just like hanging out with the wrong, wrong, wrong guys, you know, on our estate. And then probably in two months from leaving school to getting my um, acceptance into uh, catering college as it was back then, I decided that I didn't want to do it. I was going to be a gangster and sell drugs and do whatever. But just took my eye off the ball a little bit. And then bit of a life chat with my mum. You know, she was like, listen, you've got all the talent in the world. I, I really want you to do this. You got to, I mean, I didn't particularly get on well with one of my older brothers, so I was given two choices. You either go and live with your brother or you go to catering college. Needless to say, I went to catering yeah. college. <laughs> and um, there we go. Yeah, so I did pretty well in that. And then... Just out of interest, sorry, sorry mate, on you, in, uh, the seven of you, right? Yeah. Um, the youngest, 10 years difference yeah, and yeah. The, to the oldest? 10 years difference. Wow, okay. Yeah, okay. so... So you're like, pretty much like bang in the middle. Yeah, pretty okay, much. Okay, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I want to talk about your gangster life, yeah. but, I, I, but I can understand where you're coming from, <laughs> yeah. from that one. Um, what, did you feel pressure to do that by friends? Or the, 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 not the uh, gangster's the wrong word, but I mean kind of a bad what age, age, What age you know, at this point? So 18-ish? No, younger. Okay. Yeah, and we were, we were just... Because we would, I mean, we would grow up on a... We were, it was very neglected, like part of Manchester, you know what I mean? It's rough. Mm. And it's like you're looking back and uh, I tell... And my sort of girlfriend and friends and whatnot about it. It was kind of it was survival then, you know. It really was. It's tough going up in Manchester. It was. It really was. Looking back on it now, it's even probably even worse now, because it's not. It, it's just feral. I mean, where we were, we were working because mum had no money. Yeah, she had like six kids and she didn't work and my dad did nothing, so he didn't provide for us. So it's interesting because I think the people's perception of Manchester. I mean, we were talking football as soon as we yeah. came on, yeah. but people's perception especially around the world would be football sure. manchester Music. united yeah. manchester city yeah very rich clubs mm. so manchester must be a an amazing very affluent, i think amazing it's, yeah. place. i mean i was talking to a guy in work yesterday like two guests and said like where you from recognize the accent from manchester or whereabouts where i grew up now they said oh it's very gentrified mm. it's very well it's going like that isn't it i mean the prices of properties in the uk are booming so but i would not to a degree you can also argue as it's the divide is increasing sure Right, Absolutely. so yeah, I mean, a lot of nice areas, a lot of areas are being regentrified yeah. and, and being developed and all that, which is great. Yeah. Uh, nice new housing projects, housing prices going up, which yeah. is great for that particular area. 
But what about that well, one the over there? The gap's growing, of course. Yeah, absolutely. The, the absolutely. gap is insane. Yeah, so, I mean, back to back to the question. We were, I mean, just being rebel little uh, scoundrels, you know. But I was, I mean, to be honest, I was working. I was doing the paper round when I was nine, the milk round when I was ten. I was carrying golf clubs at weekends and doing little other bits and bobs. When you went to school, it's like you get into, like, the gangs at school, you know. It wasn't, they weren't. I kind of stopped it when I went to. Uh, I was kind of on the periphery, if you like, on the outside. And it's all, all the, the guys loved my mum, like her, like lads from our estate. And she was a strict, like this Catholic lady. She's brought six, seven kids up on her own, and she was tough, you know. Um, so she'd like give him a belt around the ear, yeah. <laughs> you know. It, it was um, so there was always that real respect. And I was never, I never really wanted to do it anyway. And I always promised her, you know, I won't go to jail, you know, and. Uh, and if, but it was a it, you'd very easy go to jail and sure. plenty have and some of god bless them are not here anymore yeah. for, for the for living that life you know but i was never i mean there was always an avenue meet to get out of it you had a choice yeah of course you mate. Had a choice. and so the choice you can make quick money like in selling drugs and stealing cars and doing whatever or you can make it do an honest life and we were always taught to do that you know it's like you just because you grow up in a rough area it doesn't mean you have to it's a card that you dealt you know and that's Yes or no, you've, you've always got choices. Yeah. I, I would, I would sure. argue with anyone that says I've never had a choice. You've always got a choice, but the only one that can make that is, sure. is you. Sure. If, in the back of your mind anyway, yeah, you might have been running with the wrong crowd, but you knew inside yeah. that the, this isn't the, the right mm. path. This is, this is not for me. I'll yeah. step out. Which what is, was um, catering college like back in the day? Good fun. There's <laughs> this little smile. <laughs> <going on. laughs> How right. much college well, I got to play with knives. <laughs> Well, do you know what I mean? Because I was working at the time as well. I was probably doing 25, 30 hours a week part-time. And then... In catering? Working. And, and then I went to college. So I'd go to college. It, it was quite far away. Well, far as... And you don't realise it. You've got yeah. no idea the uh, sense of distance at the time. So it was probably five or six, say seven, eight miles to college. So I had to get a couple of buses there. Go to college, finish at half four, go into, to, in, into the city centre work finish at 10 o'clock go home do my own work you know do it all again but whatever it was earning good money yeah. i mean i had pretty nice clothes when i was like 16 and 17 i was doing a, a few of the bits on the side but it was all right well, i really enjoyed it loads of girls the, the was doing something i loved the, like, course, the course you did at, at college yeah. was it strictly about um the it, it was sitting girls 706 one and two what does that mean in english What's that mean? That's a, the catering, like. Um, okay, but but yeah, for, was it just about catering, being running the kitchen? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, okay. they, so you cover uh, a million modules, so and then you you you, you have to. They had a restaurant, like a working restaurant mm -hmm. in the catering college, yep. so we we become waiters and, and bartenders and. So they put you through all the different yeah, areas yeah, 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 of the yeah, service sure. industry, yeah. and then basically you don't have to. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to come out as a chef at the end of it. Many did, lots didn't. A lot of them decided that it wasn't for me. I'm yeah. not doing it. I think, if I remember, when it was about, I've never been one to keeping in touch with people, but maybe I know there was a reunion or something, maybe 10, 10 years later, and there was probably two people. I, I, do you know, I, I'd have a good bet that I'm still the only one that is actually like still in the industry. Um, I think there was about. That doesn't surprise me. My, my, my background's hospitality, yeah. and I'm nowhere near it. And I think That's a lot very like, true. I could, yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot and for good reason. I can't I, imagine doing anything else. It'd be rubbish. You know, I probably would be if I, I mean, I'd, I'd probably be pretty decent, but it's something that I love doing. You know, and it's a, you say if you love your job, you never work a day in your life, right? So, mm -hmm. and it's kind of that, 
you know, challenging times at the moment for all of us, obviously, because of what's happening in the world. But still, you can find positive notes with it, and I always will. So back then, when you were going through college, yep. coming or, or even coming out of college, yep. what was your sort of idea, ambition at that point? Did you have sort of these big, grandiose ideas of traveling the world with it, or was yeah, it just... Yeah, pretty much. I okay, did. cool. Yeah. You know what, Russ? I kind of knew when I was about 12, I didn't want to live in Manchester anymore. I thought, I don't like it. You can see it through... There was plenty of people dying from the real heroin problem yeah. back in the 80s when I was growing up and it was rife on our housing estate. And you were seeing she died, he died, he died, that girl's mum died. And it was like, I don't really like this. I, you know, it's, and you don't really, you shouldn't really have those feelings as a kid. We just wanted to play and play football and do whatever. But I thought uh, at some point in time, I want to move away. My mum, uh, God bless her, she passed away when I was like 22. We'll c- come to it later. Um, she always wanted to live by the, by the sea, if you like. She had this dream to move us to Cornwall and live by the sea and open a little ra- cafe, restaurant, whatever. Don't know where she was going to get money from, but <laughs> anyway. So I'm kind of living the dream for where I is, if you like, with, with, with living her dream. But it's, um, I always, yeah, I, I wanted to, because I, I thought, right, the, I, the idea being if I do this course, I'm not going to work in the hotel in Manchester, nothing against there, but I want to get away. It's like you're given an opportunity where you can go and work on the moon if it, if you have a restaurant, so go and use it, you know. We'd have no atmosphere. <laughs> hey, but um, can we just can we just stop can we just now? Stop right just there. stop now. Yeah, yeah. That was when. Sorry, the catering course was how long? Two, two years. years. Two years. Yeah. So after the two years, what was your mindset? What was your plan? Get out of Manchester. That was it. Soon as yeah. But and I moved did to you, Jersey? Jersey. Yeah. I moved to Jersey for how did long did uh, this six months unpaid work. So what they call a stash. <laughs> you really wanted uh, to get out of Manchester. <laughs> but I wasn't. I mean, because all uh, my, my bro- a couple of my brothers had lived there previously. Okay. And, and it all, when did I? So I left college in 91, I think. Like, so they went over there about 87 to maybe 90. It was like the glorious three years. So there was Scousers and Manxa and Geordie's Continues, whatever. And everyone got on and it was really good. But they started to change the rules because they realised that people were getting, getting paid a lot of money, paying yeah, no tax. Paying no and tax. that's not the idea. Of it, it was meant to be for the locals, so they started to change. I think what they call them qualifications, you needed so many. So when I got there, the rules changed as to how many non-native Jersey people you like could have. I didn't know that. Wow. So, yeah. so um, it's like a mini Phuket. Yeah, kind of. It was. Um, so I started working for a place, and they said we'll give you in a hotel. Was this in a restaurant? Okay, really good, like a two two rosette, so just short of a Michelin level. Um, so I worked for three months. It was agreed. I'd had a few quid in the bank because I'd taken over there. Can not I ask what, what role did you go into in that? I was just a commie. So okay. that's like the bottom of the kitchen. Not a um, Russian. Just, but I was good. You know, I knew my stuff. So I walked in there and I was working under a commie. I immediately, because kind of my level was above him, but you can't go in. Like John Wayne, you know, he was like, right, keep it easy and then let the, let the, kind of, let uh, see the chef see my talent. I'm not going to compete against him. It wasn't my... I'm not like that, you know, it's not, there's no ego about me, but he did. But anyway, so the, 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 the initial agreement was I'll go in and do a stage, like a working, a working uh, like holiday, if you like, for six months, sorry, three months. And then after that, we'll see. So we said, right, I'll give you a gig at the end of the, th- but I can't pay you for another three months. So I did six months and then it kind of went, I'm not going to say he went back on his word, his hands were tied, he didn't own the, he, did, he wasn't the owner, and then it kind of just fell away, and he had no money. So my mum sent me some money over, I got a flight back to uh, Manchester, just like worked a bit in there, and then got, I, I left for Chester when I, when I came back. 
It's nice. So, yeah. Just as a nice place. Yeah, lovely. Just out of it, how did you feel in that sort of first moment? I've gone to Jersey, the, the big first sort of job, if you like, the big first opportunity. It goes pear-shaped, mum sends money, I've got to go back home. Did you kind of feel... No, no, because uh, I kind of, it was eyes wide open when I went into it. Cool. And it, I didn't, you know, I was actually missing me, really missing my mum at the time. Because yeah. I was really close to her when I was growing up. So I wasn't, I wasn't overly bothered about it. If it worked, great. If not, whatever is what it is. Okay. I left with experience. And it was always, it was always going to be like that. Okay. You know, so a kid who came with me, it lasted like two weeks. He went back because we were really close when we were at uh, uh, college. And it was like, right, we're together. You know, if one leaves, we both leave. He just couldn't handle it. And I started enjoying it. It was probably with a girl at the time. I don't remember. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. I wasn't being paid. I got a few quid, you know, but they, they gave me maybe like 50 quid a, a week or 200 quid a month or whatever. And were so, they paying for accommodation? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, lived in, I lived within the, within the restaurant upstairs. Okay. And it was all right. You know, I didn't spend too much. Broke some of my brother's mates were still there, so when they went out, they looked after me, and Sweet. it was all right. Yeah, it, it was all right. It was a good life. Loads of girls, football mates are there, lads from the new from back home. So it was kind of being home from home, if you yeah. like. And there was an older crowd there, so they were looking after me. So I okay. learned a lot, and it was a good, beautiful restaurant. Good experience, but... So when was the next time you left the UK for a, a job? When I went to Spain. So okay. I went back, um, I did like, I think four years in Chester four or five years maybe five years and then I went back to a girl that was with at the time went to study in Manchester went to uni so I thought I'll go back because it was a good level then I was confident in my ability and I was still quite young so I was like 20 26 I think 27 and I went to be a sous chef at a, I don't know if you remember Bar and Grill in, 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 in England do you remember SSS the, the restaurant chain Italian anyway I'm, I'm it's actually, it's I actually, haven't lived in the UK since 94. Yes, so. it's actually a scouser who owned it. He passed away, God bless him now. But he opened a restaurant take on Restaurant Bar and Grill, and it was really good. They still are really good. Mm. Just like bistro style, packed, like city centres, three, four hundred people a night. So I went in there as a number two. I actually went into the one in Manchester first, um, like training, and then you moved, they moved me to Audley Edge, which is where all the footballers live. Like, so it's, they say there's more millionaires there per square mile than anywhere in the world, yeah. so I believe. So we had Beckham coming in. Oddly. Oh, yeah, oddly yes, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I did about nine months there, and it's, it was just, and I'm not scared of hard work, Jay, but mate, that was, that was a piss take. But it was just like I thought, you were sleeping in the car, like sometimes you couldn't go home. You finish at one o'clock in the morning, you, you, you look at it, you work this for the next day, you think, Am I going to get home? It took me 40 minutes to get home, 40 minutes to get back, 20 minutes in the shower. Either way, I'm going to have two hours sleep. Just get my head down in the car. So I think for the first probably six weeks, I slept in my Ford Fiesta. <laughs> You're a big lad as well. It was a Ford Fiesta in those days. I, I didn't have big. much weight on me then, mate. I put it on. <laughs> I was working too much. But yeah, from then, um, I was kind of, it was just people, all my mates were leaving because we went in there. It was a really good crew. And then... Like the chef left while so I was covering him and it was, I'm not running away from hard work, but it wasn't, it wasn't what we agreed. It was like, right, you're going to do four, four on, three off. It was never that, six on, one off. Yeah. But I had a load of money in the bank there, so I moved to Marbella. Um, and that, so I've not been back since. I, I mean, I've been, been plenty of times to visit, 
not for whilst I was in Marbella, I used to go back off and for the match. I had a couple of this mates. is the non gangster, yeah, yeah, to Marbella. Marbella. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we had Jersey mentioned as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, I'm just saying, there yeah, seems just, to be yeah. kind of some no dots comment here. officer. <laughs> <laughs> When you uh, headed to Marbella, yeah. did you have a job lined up? It was like, I'm just going to go there yeah. and see what happens. Um, yeah, one of my mates who, I'd, when I when I working in Chester, I worked for a gastro pub. And there was a kid that, really talented lad that worked for Ramsey for many years, but he had a real problem with the drugs and with the drink. So he got... <laughs> Ramsey. <laughs> he, he was in London for many years, so he just got kind of immersed in that lifestyle. And it's, yeah. it can eat you alive. So he came to work with us. Um, he left to went went to work in Marbella. So I, I didn't follow him over, but I just thought I was going over. To I went, I think it went over three times to see him. I thought I like a bit, I like I wouldn't mind a bit of this. So yeah, I had a job when I got there. Um, it was all right, like a bit of a cafe thing going on. It wasn't my quite my level. What is your or what was your level at that point, or where did you feel your level was? Probably just shy of a Michelin star. I mean, I. I it's all about commitment, Jay, you know what I mean? To, mm. to work. I wasn't prepared to, I mean, although I might, I might I'll, I'll contradict what I've just said here, but when I was working at Bar and Grill and, and we were doing 120 hours a week, that is no joke. We were counting them. Um, you think we should be, should be working at a different level. They weren't far away from a star. I don't think they'd ever would have gone one, but I couldn't, I did, it's like, you've got to make a decision early on in your career what level you want to be at whether it'll be one star yappy working in the gastro pub or whatever, you know, that's fine. But I was always cooked at a really decent level and, and I always will, I love my food. But I know I just like, I like comfort food, mate. Pork belly, duck confit, all the rest of it, you know what I mean? Sunday roasts. And I can do a bit better than that, but. So when you went, the, went to Marbella and you took yeah. this cafe job, was it more kind of, you were just relaxing and thinking, you know, kind, kind of? of yeah. Because yeah. I knew, and it, it, it not, I'm absolutely not in disrespectful sense, but. It was kind of always a stepping stone, and they knew that, mm. you know. But I didn't. I don't. From what I remember, I didn't need a work permit. It was a. It was not a bad salary, but I had some money anyway. And then from that came, two scouts lads came in who opened well Southport, so just outside. But they were like English Italian, but they wanted to open a restaurant. Gangster. Yeah. <laughs> just just yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 yeah, yeah. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Um. So we opened a place called Liquid Lounge, which was cool as shit. <laughs> really cool. Like New York. In Marbella? Time. Yeah. In Port Venus. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you are a gangster. <laughs> but we did that for how long? Um, I'm going to get back to Scouts in a minute. Um, about three years, I think. And then somebody came in and bought it. I didn't quite get on with them. So I was going to leave and go to Dubai. And then a good, good friend of mine, very wealthy family came in and gave me a asked me if I wanted to be their personal chef. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. Yeah, so. And well, how um, did that pan out? Good. It was good. I mean, where, it was where was that? In Marbella. Okay. Do you know Marbella? Well, I've been no, to Marbella. No. Never no. been. It's um, like what they call the Golden Mile. So that's where like the Saudi Arabians family palace is on there and you've got some seriously big houses on there. Right. So what was it like going, so, so you've gone from kind of a 120 hours a week on a, on a top quality bistro into a cafe, then into a yeah. setting something up that you've had passion yeah. in to your own kind of level and you're obviously setting the menu. Now you're a private chef, so you've mm. kind of done all the different levels. Yeah, yeah. What was private chefing like? Um, what was it like? It was I mean, good we won't fun. name names, because I can No, I mean, it was, uh, George is really like, I mean, they still are dear friends of mine. George is very, very wealthy. Property uh, magnet from, from Liverpool. Um, 
Well, they do, do they give you say right? We like this, this, this. Make it. Yeah, or kind are, of. Are you running the menu? I mean, because no, yeah, when I start, because I when how I met them when I was working at Liquid Lounge when I worked for the two lads in Liverpool. Um, George was one of their landlords in Liverpool right. at their restaurants, so mm. they knew knew George well, and we did his 40th birthday. Um, and it was brilliant. Dolph Lundgren there. It's like he was lo- like <laughs> he was Everton connected. So all the Everton like Je- uh, I don't think Gerard was a. Uh, so there was a lot of football players there. He was heavily into the like a celeb scene. You know what I mean? And then he loved the food. What we did, and um, it was always a thing in his mind if I came available to get me working in the house with him. But what happened? I mean, the kids were they're not. I mean, the football agents and models now, but they were. I think eight, nine and ten when I started working for the family. So I was running them to school. George had a fleet of like sports cars. Mm. So you'd look after the sports cars, manage like the 10 Filipino girls that were working in the house, security, all the rest of it. So I was doing loads, to be honest. So you was almost more of a house manager. Yeah, I was. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you did a bit of cooking on the side. But what what a good three years. And you got to travel a lot with them. You know, they had like they had places in Verbier in Switzerland, uh, Monaco, Mallorca. Uh, they had a residence in, uh, Saint, what's it, in Barbados, what's it called? I always forget the name. Anyway, but I did plenty of travelling with him. But it was, it was. I mean, it finished at the end and it was kind of good for both parties. They're very, very dear, dear people in my life, you know. But And then from there, it was always, a, when this gig finishes, I'm coming to Thailand. I guess something what? like that is, it's really intense. Yeah, of course, mate. Of well, course. yeah, so but that, that's you've got to be careful yeah. cooking intense because you can don't want you, naked flames because the whole, the whole thing could go on yeah. fire. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so I, I imagine, yeah, that does have a like even if maybe not so much even if you know them, but especially because you know them quite so well. Um, well, you've got it. George said to me when there wasn't an interview, it was like, "Come on, we'll go out and outside and have a coffee." He was like, "Listen, you're going to be you're going to be there when me and Lorena going at each other, you know, as in having an argument about the kids and whatnot." And you do, but you just you're professional, you know that. You're there, you're not. You just a, you go for a cup of tea in the back or something like that. But that's finished. But yeah, it was, it, it's like a fly in the wall. But seriously, mate, it was some of the the, the, the most loveliest people I, mm. I could meet. And Lorenz's mum, who was my George's uh, kind of George's wife, her her mum and dad had just sold people from from Heighton and Liverpool. Absolute lovely. And you scout. I mean, you know the scouts humour anyway, right? <laughs> I would be on the flood that many times. They'd said to me, "Where's Tony? We had a workouter." For anybody who can't see any we had a workout right so i was working here i'd be on the floor laughing my head off <laughs> just listening to them he said where's tony come has he gone home i'm like get up and i'm like tears rolling out it was brilliant really good fun but i mean obviously it, it was going to end one day but it was a they were not they're very when it, what, sorry when it ended you said you wanted to go to thailand what what was it about had you been to thailand many then? times is this during you as working yeah, as a Yeah, yeah, it was like, because what? I mean, they, they, could, they could be like in Barbados. Like, what it was with them, everything was very last minute. Because I suppose you can do that when you've got money, right? Yeah, yeah. That's one of the beauties. You don't need to plan. You can say, right, we're going to Barbados tomorrow, St. Kitts, whatever. They had a yacht, planes. They yeah. could go where they want, when they wanted, really. So everything was very last minute. So I, I used to say to her, listen, if you've got an idea as to when, they didn't give a shit about that. You know, it's as lovely as they are. It was like, what kind of look like that? You kind of work for us, you know. You go where you're told, when you're told. Yeah. Um, but, so when, if they went to Barbados, for example, for six weeks, or if they're in Monaco, or in Mallorca, they had a chef that worked in their house, I didn't need to go. So I'd say to him, would you mind if I, if I jumped out? I used to 
go like on car tours around Spain, Portugal. Most of the time, I jump on a plane and come to Thailand. But it was always a plan, mate, yeah. um, to come to come here after Spain for this. Cause I didn't really want to be in Spain after. Like, and so you wanted to come and chef in Thailand. Did yeah. you have a plan to, to work for somebody? Or no, was you looking I didn't. To do I mean, your own restaurant? Because like, the support, I mean, if you come... Do you remember Rockfish in Camilla? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I worked, I worked uh, when I came here. Far I was li- When I lived in Marbella, I had a mate who... You know Sean Panton, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Tennis Sean. So Sean had a mate in Marbella who's a me- mutual mate, basically. And he, he put me in touch with Sean. So I stayed with Sean when I first came over for a week. That was interesting. Oh, yeah. Sure, I'm not, I'm not, Gangster. Yeah, I'm not even going to ask about that week. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, wait until we go yeah, off. Uh, there was, off yeah, uh, I, I doubt you've got memories of it. Yeah. Um, and then he put me in touch to uh, Richard Ood. So I kind of walked into the job. Again, I didn't need to work for six months. So I thought I can just chill out. But I mean, I worked there and then... Um, it was always... Sorry, what year was that? Were you 2007, 2008, so I came here. Because that had a really good reputation yeah, at that time. Because I came here in 2007 and everyone was always talking yeah, about... Yeah, that was the place to go. It was the place to go. Chef was crap, but you know. Well, I heard the food, yeah, was very good. The view was amazing. <laughs> but, yeah. He had an Aussie guy before, previous to me, I can't remember his name, who they were having problems with uh, for one reason or another. Well, Australian. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he went and I came in after him and kind of just... It was good fun. But we just didn't know what you were going to get. You were going to do 30 people one night and zero the next. So it's kind of the way it is here. Even st- I still know that now from working up at Salah. But um, after that, so I did a year with Richard. And then I went to PP. I worked at, do you remember Zivola? Yeah, yeah, I remember Zivola. Uh, Florian, bless your yeah, soul. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. bless your soul. Yeah. Oh, terrible story, that one. So yeah, I worked with just under two years with Florian. Um, and then, yeah. Where did they go? I hated the island that much. I went to work on another island, so I went to Koh Phangan after that. Oof, what was that like? Pretty rough. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty rough. But um, Then you went to Bangkok. Yeah, so Koh Phangan, I worked for Anantara, so they came hunting me. So I was doing, I got a pretty good name for myself at, at Zivola, and then somebody gave me... Uh, and sorry, Zivola was, you were head chef at the time, yeah. or executive, yeah, executive chef, whatever you want yeah, to call it? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Good fun, I enjoyed it. Last six months was tough because I was, I just got quite a lot of depression going on there. I just, it was like that enclosed environment on the island and um, I just misbehaving when I came off. Didn't want to go back. But I was very professional to the end and Florian, it, God bless his soul, I remain a friend to this day, you know. Just, just from that, from just touching on the depression stuff, if I may, is it, it must be a lot of depression in, in the chef industry because yeah, the course. amount of long hours you're working, yeah, of course. you know, your Maybe relationships are screwed because yeah, of the long of hours. Course, of yeah. course. And then there's a lot of drinking involved, yeah. not, you know, saying, yeah. but you're forcing it, but there is socialising and drinking. And, you know, how did you deal with that? If I may ask, if you don't want to talk about it, it's cool. But no, it's fine. I mean, you know, I mean, I didn't, I lost both parents when I was like 21, 22, and, a, and one of my best mates passed away when I was like 24. So I'd like, I'd, I had a lot to do with, like, at that really dangerous age, Jay, you know what I mean? Like, probably early 20s is when lads are, all, mm. are the most vulnerable for, for suicide, you know, and it did cross my mind. Um, but I, I, I knew that it was all, it was, it was cabin fever, you know, but yeah. I, was, I went to see a doctor in Bangkok at Bumrangrad. He's like, yeah, yeah, you've got depression, we'll put you on these tablets. <laughs> and it soon kind of left, you know what I mean? And I've got my head together. It's not always the case. I'm kind of, I was one of the lucky ones, if you like, with that. But then I was, uh, you know, it might sound mad. I mean, I was seduced by probably the money in the position when I went to Koh Phangan, but over there it got real bad. I mean, I, I was in bits. 
because it was a job I just was not, I could do it now, but at the time I didn't have the support network around me and I'd gone in trying to fix a real fragmented kitchen and an F&B because I was like what they call chef and B. So I was food and beverage and executive chef. So you've got two warring departments, if you like, right and you're the man right in between. And at some point in time, you're gonna to have to take the bullets. And unfortunately, it, it was like that, like left left um, after 10 months. Whatever, got a payout from Manatara, went to went Just to out of interest, Anantara, sure. was that the first sort of chain that you'd worked for, sort of yeah. tracking back, right? So that's yeah. like the first big... Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, you've seen it, because I didn't, I didn't work for corporate gigs. Yeah. I didn't, I'd never done so and I hated that world. And we, I mean, we, if you like, we're corporate now, but semi-corporate. You know, we, we were, Salah's part of a bigger, a, a yeah. bigger uh, uh, group, if you like. I mean, we're Salah, but we're owned by a pretty influential Thai family that are very cool with us. And we've got, as big as they are, they're still personal with us. Mm. You know, we've had nine years with them, but, and Antara, you know, they are what they are. They're, 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 they're brilliant operators. I love the product. It just wasn't for me. It kind of didn't work. But the timing just wasn't right. Yeah, as well. exactly. You know, I didn't at the time. I was like, re I really beat myself up, Jay, about it. But but I like spoke to like people after they went. Listen, you're a good lad. You know, it's uh, it's not like a blot on your seed. It didn't work. Don't worry about it. But it, it hurt me for a good while because mm. I'm a proud, hard-working lad. You know, and it didn't work. And it was. I think it probably was the first time in my career that something had not worked. So it was a new ground for me. And I didn't know how to handle it. But I mean, I took six months out. I went to like uh, build uh, hospices in Conkern and I did some like boxing training, like in jails. And you know, I'd had a. You yeah. weren't in jail, let me just no. clarify that. Yeah. I wasn't in jail. Okay. Um, but I had six months out. We did loads of charity work for Operation Smile. And then okay. I started with a uh, salary and we're not looked back since, and mate. So. How did that come along? With Salah. Mm. Um, I was good mates with Ant, as you, as you both know. Anthony Van Sloan. So he, when I was out of work and I was, I was struggling at the time to find a gig. Uh, CVs were going out left, right, and center, but Bangkok is cutthroat. So if you go for a gig there, there's 30 behind you in the queue or ahead right. of you in the queue. So I was, we were doing a, um, like some boxing training, like for Operation Smile used to a, a fundraiser. So it was called, uh, what do you call it? Operation Smile Fight Night. So I was fighting, Ant was gonna fight, because um, I, I mean, I boxed when I was a kid growing up, like in gyms, were never out of them. But Ant had never boxed before. So I said, come to the like, gym. And, and he said, I've never put on a pair of gloves. He actually really liked it. I mean, he dropped, I think, 22 kilos in four months. Wow. Yeah, seriously, he was brilliant. But anyway, so Ant, I'd done for the gig before, at what we call Salarat and the coasting, and I didn't get it. Uh, for one reason or another, no problem. I was like, sorry, let's move on. And Ant said to me, listen, I'm gonna go back and ask Brian, who was then our COO or Vice President of Operations, can they give you another interview? So I went, spoke to him again, I got the gig. So that's how that came along. Sweet. So that was, yeah, I mean, Ant's, you know, Ant anyway, he's one of my best pals. We, yeah. we fight like hell, but we're good mates, you know. That, that. <laughs> sorry, was that Salah in Bangkok? Yeah. Okay. So we've got the, the, the little boutique collection. So there's two brands on, under the umbrella. Um, so the uh, Salary's Orton Spars. That, so Phuket, Samui, we've got two, and then we've got the boutique collection. Uh, so I was group regional executive chef for boutique, so based out of Ratnikosin, but I looked after two others. Okay. Um, so when did the move, when they wanted you to come down to Phuket, yeah. was it them that wanted you to come down here, or did you want to come down here? It was, was it a bit both. Of both? Um, 
because I was like fed up to be honest I mean Bangkok have you lived in Bangkok no, no. you know it's I, I remember in about 96 getting off a plane and Don Merlin thinking I was mesmerized by it like the heat the noise just it you know that was very different back then come out of Savannah Pool now it's you don't see anything yeah. but that rest that airport's in the city so you come out and you're like Jesus Christ you know yeah. I want a bit of this so I thought it was always in my like on the bucket list, if you like, to live in Bangkok at one point. And I did still want it. Like when I was in Pang, Pang, uh, Koh Phangan, I was always like angling for a move to Bangkok. But six years there, mate, and it, was, it was tiring. I mean, it was, um, and it was, we would, how long was, I'd probably done the boutique. So I, let, I started in 2012, we had a pre-opening of about six months for Ratanakosin. I left in 2017, so five years. Mm. Um, but five years living a fast life there, you know what I mean? But it, it, it's got a sell-by date. You know, it's, it's, it was good fun, but there was an opportunity to come down here. There was movement, there was a triangular movement within the company. So the ship, we were opening Salachewing, um, one of our properties in, in Samui, and the chef from Salachewing Mon was going to Salachewing, the chef from Salopuket, was going to Salah Mon and they needed somebody to go to Salah Phuket. It and was kind thought, of a bit Why not? Yeah, you know, I just thought, but the idea, the long-term objective was, if I'm honest, we were looking at doing a Salah Pattaya, or just outside, so Na Jomtian. Do you know Pat's well, though? Not at all. No. Never, so I've this been to Pattaya once. Out, it's not all, but you know, it's, there's a glitz of it, yeah. but then there's some really lovely areas outside, mm. and there's, there's some nice places. So the idea was that they were going to do a Salah, or the projections were to do one. But, so my my boss at the time said, listen, you go down and look after Phuket for four or five years, and then we'll move you there. Now, as soon as I got here, I'm like, I don't want to go there now. Yeah. I couldn't be bothered, I'm not, I just don't want to do it. And then anyway, uh, the land became something else. So it was never going to be a seller anyway. Well, at one point they had, it was probably a 50-50, whether it was one brand or the next brand, it went with the other brand. So what's your current title at the moment? Executive chef. Yeah. For Sala Phuket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. And how's it going? It's been obviously a tough couple of years. Yeah, 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 yeah it has. Um, but I'm just saying before we came, uh, we came on. Challenging, you know, but it's getting better and we can see that. Um, we had an immense amount of job cuts, which has been really sad. But, you know, we're still alive and we, we're earning. Um, and it's a slow rebuild, mate, but we've started the job. And it's all, it was always, you know, we've, I was t telling guests or every, like probably spoke to six or seven couples this morning that are incre in incredibly appreciative to be back in, in, in Phuket, Thailand. Mm. There's nowhere like this in the region, mate. We were first vaccinated. We never really closed. You know, we've been really protected. Yeah, there's a wave going around now, but, but we, we're vaccinated and we'll stand up against it. Well, yeah. it's been challenging, but we're on the road to recovery, I think. I, I ba think baby steps. Yeah. Of all the places on the planet to have been in the last 18 months, we've been very, very course, lucky mate. and very sheltered. Oh, no, I think it, and it's interesting because um, with having two kids and being single father, it's been horrible for me. Right. Um, and, but everyone's different, I'm, you know, and it's different people have had different experiences. You know, and I said, as we were talking about earlier, I'm really worried that they're going to shut the schools. Mm. It doesn't affect a lot of people. but it not, affect, not Not you, no. <laughs> but, um, you know, and it affects me massively because I generally can't work. Yeah. As, and then have to do it. Anyway, let's be positive. Can I ask you a question? Do you still have a passion for cooking? Oh, absolutely. Do you cook at home? Yes. 
And so when you finish work and you want to cook something, yeah. what would, what is your not go-to <laughs> dish? And I think I, I've got a feeling... Oh, beans on toast. I love beans. Not beans both. on toast. I used to... Chef Brian Berger, who's got a great name for a chef, by the way. <laughs> I, used to, I used to take the piss out of him all the time. Because just beans on toast is one of the hardest things to get right. No, it isn't. <laughs> Tony, don't sit there with your... Sh- 20 million years of chef experience saying it's not. Mate, I've got zero <laughs> chef experience, and I can tell you it's not hard. No, so it's hard to fuck it up. Right, I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to go down path. Anyway, what, what do you cook when you cook at home? Um, depends, mate. Um, if I've got, if you two guys go around and do your Sunday roast, because I do a pretty good one. Um, you no, I mean, tomorrow? I'm like, no, busy I'm, Sunday? I'm living with, what, how many times I'm living with at the moment? Two and a half and a dog. Yeah. Uh, so the food's normally ready kind of when I get home. There's something bought from outside. But um, what do I like? Whilst you're thinking about that, another one to think about. Um, what's your Thai food prep like? Pretty good. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I learned quickly. Um, I'm going to say cheese and Branson sandwich. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I, had a, all right. I had a cheddar cheese sandwich oh, today for know, breakfast. Oh, it's lovely. Like potato, I, like, I, I do love a jacket potato, but uh, cheese and Branson, I love yeah. it. Um, oh, easy food, mate. Spud. What's my Thai food like? It's the first, it's the first cuisine I've it's the only cuisine, because I could cook European, English food, whatever, anyway. But Thai food is the one that you're going to be judged on, because yeah, I, yeah. I need to know that. Do as I'll tell you, I mean, we'll get into it. It's quite, I quite like these stories that I learned quickly, and I learned with some really good kids. Like, one who was a brilliant lad in, in Koh PP I was working with, and then when I went to Koh Pangan, my number two was fantastic. You know Ginger in uh, JW? Yeah. So it was their Thai restaurant. It's closed now, but Chef Tom was a... Uh, the executive chef, do you remember him? Yes, I do remember him. So he was him, my yeah. number two in Copangan. Oh, okay. Really good friend of mine now still, but he was fantastic. And even, you know, like the Prick Nampler, he showed me how to do, do that properly and why. And they, you know, you 90% of the Thais don't even know how to prepare it. And why, when you prepare it right, what, what are the benefits of preparing it like that way? But even when I went to Bangkok, we, we won many, many accolades for our Thai food there. And it, they were like, I'd go, because <laughs> it was, Depended on what time of year, and I mean, in the, the wet season when the tourists went around, we were very, very Thai. And then come uh, the high season, we were loaded with tourists. But you'd, you'd have like, look. yeah, I mean, they were convinced that there was a, like they had the exact chef in the kitchen was a, can I see the exact chef? Yeah, no problem, go outside. There's this like for, uh, expat guy and like, sorry, we asked to see the side chef. I said, no, it's me. And we're like, well, you can't cook this food. I'm like, okay, all right. Why not? <laughs> Love that. But I just so, fucking did. And then I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a story. So when, I'm not going to throw him under the bus. He's a really good kid and he's a good friend to this day. But when I talk, you've got a point. When you talk something that's not your field, be it Thai food, and it's, it is now, but it's not. People will automatically think, how can he cook Thai food? It's like this like, um, white guy, whatever. I'm not going to, Farang guy, whatever. So we used to we used to do some special stuff in Ratnakosin, like slow to slow cooking stuff where you found like herbs that had not been used for many, many years, like really obscure ingredients, but it was really good. So I came down here and I, we scored a lot of the dishes that were on the menu. We said, right, if they don't make that, then we're gonna rework them. Like maybe you take them off the menu, replace them, or just go back to, go back to the recipe and make sure they're doing it properly. So the Thai chef at the time, he was, like a bull in a china shop. He was like, um, he was like, it's playful, playful, but I knew that he was very territorial. <clears throat> Didn't like being told what to do, especially by- Especially by a Yeah, of course. 
they listen what fish sauce are you using what grade of palm sugar are you using why does it matter so of course it matters you know there's good and bad in everything and that's kind of the way it is so after about four weeks we decided that we're going to put some new dishes on the menu just to because i started very close to high sea i think two days after i think i started about 28th of october and then two days we're in high season so i didn't have time for anything so we brought about six dishes onto the menu. One of them was like, it's beef cheek curry. If you come up, I'd try it, it's delicious. Like genkoa. So we braise it for six hours, at like 130 degrees, delicious. Like melt in the mouth. They kind of didn't, I was like, right. He said, it won't work. I was like, no problem. What we'll do, you can do yours. I'm gonna do mine. We'll put them on the pass and then we'll leave them there. It's a blind tasting, all right? I said, but are you prepared to lose face? <laughs> I said, because you will. Yeah. And um, he's like, yeah, no problem. Okay, I so, said, right, there we go. So he put these two, he had two on there, and I had two of mine on there. And they just didn't even get looking. They might have gone to the staff canteen, but mine were demolished. And it's kind of from there, he was like, ah, right, okay. I so, said, listen, I respect you, respect me. You know, I've learned under some really, really good Thai cooks, and my knowledge is there. You know, it's, um, I'm not going to talk crap to you. They've never kind of, and I spent time with him and explained to them about the sodium and fish sauce and the, the quality of the palm sugar, you know, it's all, it all makes a difference in answer. Yeah, it's pretty good, mate. And all of that sort of um, intricate knowledge, mm. um, well, specifically with the Thai food, you just learned as you've gone. You didn't yeah. do like a special course for Thai no. food. Right, you just learned no. with, but in terms of the intricate details, is that stuff that you're harking back from college or again, just yeah. you just kept yourself yeah. up to speed with? I'm not, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm OCD like about if there's a, like a crumb on the wrong side of the plate, I'll move it, you know, but to a point, I'm a lot easier now. I mean, though, but I like though, I can see, you can just look at something and know that it's not wrong. I mean, like this morning, for example, they've put in too much water in, like the Kanum Jean, like for example, on the, on the Thai breakfast, they said, you don't rip them apart. Just, hey guys, you know, put some more coconut in that, rework it, put some fish in it, change the dish. You changed it, change it back, you can. Um, but then it's going back and like, yes, chef, you know, it's not like, they don't challenge you. There's no point in doing it anymore. They've done it already. They lost. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day, my word's my word. That's it. Um, so. Far out. Yeah. What? You're, I was just going to show you that. No, I was aware of that. Okay, good. Cool. Good. Um, well, you want me to drop the, the big question of the day? Yep. Oh, I've got three. Go on. Well, hold on. When did you get three questions? <laughs> You're only allowed two. Steady on. Do you believe that the earth is flat? No. <laughs> Piss off. That's the best answer. Yeah. 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 Next what? question. Yeah. Um, I'm Philip Schofield sat there. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you know what? That popped up on YouTube or something. I was like, because otherwise I'd have, I'd have come back to you on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, no. Who's going to win the league? It's a, it's a we should, yeah, Okay, so um, we, we should say the, the, the English Premier League. It's going to be in, I think Man City will run at, um, just be too strong at the end. But it's going to be a hell of a close. It's, it's probably going to go to the wire, yeah. isn't it? After, I mean... I think it will also depend uh, on the, the yeah, cup competitions. Everybody's good. I mean, there's three. You, we're all splitting hairs, mate. See, I really, think Newcastle yeah. are just going to buy everybody in January and then they're going to... <laughs> no, the no, with all due respect to the Geordies out there who are listening, nobody wants to live in Newcastle, That's especially right. all the play e egotistical. Where but, would they live? In, in, joking aside, where would someone like if Mbappe did, which he probably never would go to Newcastle, where would, is there a... 
because Chester's obviously is, is a nice place. Is there a nice place, place in Newcastle? Well, well yes. I don't know. Would you live in Chester and, or would you just it's live in London and fly up? Um, I don't know that. I, no I don't idea. know the area, so. No, well, I mean, I mean they, but you, a, but a few have tried, haven't they? Like Tina Aspria and like yeah. the Brazilian boys and David Janola, He lived up there, didn't he? Yeah, he liked it though. I mean, he was. was kind it, of, he was smoking the gas. Yeah, exactly. every night. It was yeah. different um, times, wasn't it? So then? I don't. I don't know. Should we, are we, should we go on to Newcastle? Or? No, let's <laughs> not. Let's not slag <laughs> off the I, 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 I think Man City might just peak it at the very end. Yeah, I think I Liverpool think are right. just going to... I, I, I think Liverpool run too hard. I think they're, they're old now. <laughs> no, but joking aside, you, yeah, yeah, they're, 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 an is, squad. they're an ageing squad. Yeah. Whereas the yeah. Chelsea squad is a bit too young and they, they're right. still... They're going to be all right, but they haven't quite gelled mm. 100% yet. And I just think City have just... They're just going to not coast it, after but what they just kind of they're the most consistent of the, yeah. of the three by they'll far get, and they'll get in the groove and it's like that part of, I mean United what they did to them it's, I mean that was a, the, the, it was 2-0 but could have been 20-0 oh, it was a training game yeah of course it was and then they just did a routine job on Everton and then part, like well, Everton the didn't really night. turn up no, to no, be no, fair. No. The, the biggest question will be the Champions League and that will affect yeah. the Champions three League teams. the FA Cup runs how yeah. deep the three teams go in those yeah. and then everyone gets a Anyway, we've become a sports podcast all of a sudden. Yeah. All the way we go. Last question then, Russ. What sort of things you still got on your bucket list? Oh, Jesus. You know, I've just become a dad anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, Congratulations. Um, thanks, mate. Cheers. Changes and your so, life, mate. Yeah, absolutely. It's turned it upside down for the, for the most beautiful. The world, the day's a lot more beautiful how, now. Um, how long ago was this? It's eight weeks today. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. so you're still Jesse in the... James. He's fresh out of the oven. Oh, really? James. That's Named awesome. after an arm robber. Proper, <laughs> proper gangster. Yeah. <laughs> um, on the bucket list... I'd still like to get to New Zealand one day. I mean, that was on the that the trip was booked uh, pre-COVID. Wow. Um, I'd still like to get there. Maybe get there with him. Um, what's uh, mate? I just want to be a good dad for him now, and I enjoy him. You know, it's mm. like I've become a dad late. I got there eventually, but it's I'm not going to draw my days, and I'm absolutely not. But I want to enjoy as much time as I can with him. Whether, what a beautiful. I mean, you know, you have got two kids yourself, mm. Jake. And I tell you what, what this the, take advantage now when they're sure. really young. Yeah, sure. I mean, look, mine aren't old. I've got a seven and a, a ten-year-old, and don't give it. They are gorgeous, and I love them to death. But that that time when they're really yeah. young is so precious because it's not. Just, it's just. I mean, I just went home before I came to meet you guys, and he was just on on my knee, like smiling. He was like, he, he, he recognises you now. He knows that you're home, yeah, and yeah. he's like, Ey. for the first <laughs> kind of th- yeah, for the first three months, I always found that there wasn't much. Going there. on, yeah, <laughs> they didn't really want yeah, me. It was always mummy. Mummy was quite important at the yeah. time because obviously, you know, that's where the, that's the where juices. Comes from. That's where the juices <laughs> come from, baby. Um, but after that, I then started to fall in love with them. Yeah, and it is amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. I mean, mate, I'm really like. I mean, I've got mates oil and gas that go away for like two, three months at a time. Oh, I don't have it. I don't know how they do that. I don't. I just I miss them when I got work, mate. Mm. I mean, if I can get back for an hour in the afternoon and go and see my do, it's just, yeah. it's not, I'm, I went out on Tuesday night and I'm still feeling now, I feel rough as toast. But you've got, it gives you this energy that was never there before. Oh, and it's yeah. like, I mean, well, I mean, it does now, yeah. not when they're getting up at <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm mean, driving to school, then doing homework. And then, you know, yeah, sure. Um, tell he, us about your experience, Russ, with kids. Oh, no, you can't. Um, Thanks for being on the podcast, mate. That was brilliant. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it's an amazing experience and they are, like you said, I don't understand. I mean, Russ knows, he'll tell you, I program my time around the kids. So yeah. we do this podcast on a Friday at this time yeah. so that I can go and pick the kids yeah, up yeah. from school. Yeah. You know, and you start, your, your life does change sure. for it. Good for you, man. It's I'm not, I mean, I work, I work my ass off, you know, it's like I'm in at like seven in the morning, I'll get up at, I mean, pan, I just set a pan, knock on the door, pan my girlfriend, wife, whatever, 
Um, I said, knock on the door it's and put the baby. important distinction to get right, to be fair, mate. I did. Just <laughs> yeah. re, re, Tuesday, she became my wife, signed the paper. Oh, wow. But okay. anyway. Um, well, it's all kicking so off it's in your like, life, not isn't it? Do it at, like, I said, knock on the door. You know, I can see she's knackered. You know, she's pumping breast milk. She's brilliant, but she's tired. I said, wake me up. You know, if I'm not, he said, no, you know, gang die, you know, whatever. Yeah. I said, do it, you know, but because I love that, you know, it's a part, I'm, you're tired at the end of the day, but you sleep well, you know, it's, um, but he's, he's awesome, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm in a delightful place now. Good for you. And it's, you know, it's all different now. You're like working for you. I mean, at the start of the year, it was just me and her. Now we've got a dog, as Russell knows well. And then the little fella, so it's... Um, it's a busy house now. The yeah. OCD, like lining up the shoes, is all gone. There's trap everywhere. <laughs> oh, honestly, you wait till the Lego comes. Yeah. The night, oh, yeah. When you're walking in, it hurts. That's uh, a lot. Right, on that little note, Tony, thank you so much Thanks for this. Thanks for having me, guys. Really, really appreciate, appreciate it. Sorry it takes so long, but no, 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 no. it was worth the wait. Cheers, mate. Love it. Thanks for us. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, Cheers mate. Bye. Bye. Nice one. Welcome to the outro. That was fun. Did you like that? A lot. I like Tony. I like Tony. From Salah or Salah. Salah. Salah um, Puket. Does he play for Liverpool? Yeah. Salah. You're on form today. Thank you very much. Um, I met Tony a few years ago oh, through really? the burger competitions. Oh, of course. Because yeah, he was chefing right. with um, Salah at the burger competitions. Yeah. What, a, what a lovely geezer. Oh, d- top bloke, top bloke. And really interesting, really interesting story. Didn't expect any of that. No, I didn't. But I love the fact that he's grown up on the council estate in Manchester and now he's running... One of the nicest hotels yeah. as executive chef. That's brilliant. On Phuket. Eh? That's pretty impressive. And I, um, I liked how he was saying he's sort of living his mum's dream sort of through his. I thought that was really sweet. That was really cool. No, he's a nice guy. He's yeah, got a hot gold. Um, and I, I was trying to remember where I first met him because I've only known him quite recently. Is that because he trains dogs? So mostly through dog training. Canine Point Academy. His his dog Roxy, um, but I think I met him like a couple of months before that. I can't really remember. Just like in passing with some other friends and what have you. But, but yeah, I've only really known him recently. Um, but yeah, what a... Well, who's Roxy? Is his doggy? He's got a little French bulldog called Roxy. Oh, okay. And she's lush. Is she? She's an absolute she's fucking firebrand. Um, you say that about a, a hot chick, not a dog, don't you? <laughs> well, welcome sure to you my world. <laughs> mm, interesting. Yeah. Mm. No, she's awesome. Okay. She's an absolute pocket rocket, but she's very cool. No, I do like Tony. He's a lovely, lovely man and I um, loved his story. He's one of my new favorite guests. I would go along with that. Tony, you're a legend. I mean, well, he's a City fan, right? Oh, top top three, top three. Don't be tribalistic. <laughs> don't be tribalistic. I'm very much loud that today. That was a triathlon group back in the day. They were called tribalistic. Yeah. Do they still exist or not? No, that went under a while ago. Did it? Yeah. How are you, Russell? You're looking, good. looking forward to Christmas. It's soon. It's three or four weeks. It's not even December. Even when this comes out, it won't be December. No, it will be. Oh, will it? Yeah, yeah. Say that bit jingle again. Bells, jingle bit bells, jingle bells. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> now, this comes out. Um, this will be out. This is our first December one. Woohoo! Because Chantel was last week. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look at us getting ahead of the game. I know. I know. One Have in we the got bag. Santa lined up for the Christmas pod? You are... Oh, I might have just ruined it if the kids were listening. You will be Santa. No, you won't, Russ. Santa will be coming. Do you want to do Santa on I the like Christmas what you did pod? with the whole Yule be Santa, but that was very oh, good. Oh, I didn't do that, but we're both on fire today. Hey. <laughs> um, we will do a Santa Claus podcast, I believe. Yes. Well, anyway. Q&A with Santa. Let's wrap this up because you're just waffling and we've both got things to do. Exactly. Like, um, what are we doing? We're, we have a Oh, we have a meeting. A meeting. We have a meeting We have a very this. serious high-level Force 5 meeting to get to. Oh, is it a, like a Rocky Four meeting? Kind of, yeah. Mm. 
I don't, th- I don't think we're going to be late. <laughs> no, I'm not going to be late. I get my ass kicked. Right on that note, thanks for your time, Russell. Cheers, buddy. Distance Russell from K9 Point Academy. If you need your dog trained, then go to K9 Point Academy. Just email him at info at k9pointacademy.com. I preferred Lucy's voice for that, but that was very well done. Thank you. Cheers, buddy. Bye. Bye. Follow us on Facebook at Jail Shark and Friends. On Twitter at Phuket Podcast. On Instagram at Phuket Podcast. But the best place to go is PhuketPodcast.com. The Jail Shark and Friends and Russell podcast was created and produced by Shark 13 Productions. If you are looking to start a podcast or would like to learn more about how a podcast can work alongside your current marketing plans, then contact us now at j at shark13productions.com.